Hello and welcome back to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Digital transformation player Auxilion is on track to grow its revenues to surpass 48 million euros this year. CEO and founder Philip McGuire talks about the future of tech, future-proofing Irish businesses and his attitude as to why one should never waste a good recession. You've been uh, running um, your business since 1997. There's two businesses that I'm aware of. There's Auxilian and there's IT Alliance. Can, can you tell us about those those businesses and, and, and where you grew from to today? Yeah, sure, John. Uh, and also, thank you, uh, you know, for uh, the opportunity to chat with you. I suppose uh, it's been 25 years. 1997 is when, when I kicked off. And uh, it's been an interesting journey and certainly a lot of evolution, maybe more so than, than revolution, although a few people have said, have said we've massively changed it and every year. But then in the tech industry, the, the one thing that is constant is change, right? Uh, and, and that's really important. And I suppose when I set it off, um, I suppose what we got, we've grown gangbusters up until 2001 and we hit the dot-com recession. And at that point in time, I sat back and I looked at the whole business and really we came up with the idea of IT Alliance being a white label model, did some work with uh, Cranfield and really focused on going uh, with our big the big brands, the likes of the HPs and the IBMs and the Dells and the BTs and the Microsofts. And, and that's that was our marketplace and that's all we did. And rolling on, I suppose, to the next recession. Recessions keep us keep us sharp. We, we're we're very much a boom and bust country, aren't we? <laughs> well, uh, you know what can I say? There there is that trend out there, and lots of people. I, as I said to sometimes, if if you don't if you don't understand it and can't write it down the back of a fag packet, to, that it makes sense to you, then don't get involved. And I've I've used that philosophy to avoid investing in massive property deals that I didn't could get my head around and I couldn't make had it made sense, or getting involved in dot com when things didn't make money and just this idea of burning money and not making money, I, I, again, didn't make any sense. And as I said to our people in here, never waste a good recession because, you know, when, when you're looking at that, we came along to the financial crash in 08 and 09. Uh, 01 in the dot-com crash, that affected me a lot more than, than 08 or 09. But in 08 and 09, we were looking at it and saying, okay, we had to pull, obviously curtail what we're doing look at the market. And obviously at that point in time, I realized, look, all right, indirect is fine working with the big brands, but they weren't really looking at cloud outside of Microsoft and what they were doing with that. So I put an R&D team together. As I said, we put them in the basement, fed the pizzas for a year or two. and came up with the whole idea of looking at, at Auxilian and setting up Auxilian. Auxilian really was to tackle uh, managed services. And the original idea was SMB, right? And uh, we were targeting at SMB and we said, what we do with, you know, at an enterprise level, we could do for multiple SMBs in parallel. And that's fine. But the problem, I suppose, has been over the years, that's changed. And Auxilian has moved on. And, and in, in reality, uh, the cost of sales into a small entity is nearly the equivalent of a huge deal within an enterprise space. So as it's evolved over the last 10 years, I've pivoted the business from that point of time. And our business now is basically, we've moved from indirect or white, you know, uh, through the big brands, where we were doing basically 95% to last year, we've done 78% of our business now direct. So that's been a massive pivot in the last 10 years. Well, those pizzas, those pizzas, in the, those pizzas in the basement certainly paid off because some numbers you put out there earlier in the year shows that you're on target to grow revenues by 25% at the end of this year. And that will see your revenues surpass 48 million. 
Yeah. And that's been all down to a lot of major wins in some big corporates last year, right? Where we won big managed services. And I suppose in that, it's not one size fit all, but we're sitting down with customers and what we found with, you know, the pandemic and work from home and transitioning. We're doing a lot of work with people saying, right, understand, like, we, we're not in the business strategy game, right? That's the big four or five. But what we do do is sit down with people to understand, right, this is your business strategy, right? Where's the digital strategy mapping onto that? Have you got one? A lot of people do, obviously. And then it's understanding that digital strategy and saying, right, okay, what direction? And when you say transfer, say people talk about the, the, the transformation piece, but if you think about it, it's more important to say, does it make sense? Does it make sense? It's not about tech. It's about understanding the business and how does tech enable your business go forward, right? And that can be very simple or very complex because people get tied up on, on, on words and craziness. Oh, they do. And I, mean, I was just running through my head there when you were just talking there because like things even like the term the cloud. Cloud is not our term for network computing. Um, Oracle tried talking about that in the late 90s. Um, yeah. It's all part IBM of the... John, IBM mainframes. it's all it's all distributed computing is it's boxes connected to boxes right correct you know and and it's in a data center somewhere and then the data centers are all connected together etc etc like so keeping it simple like everybody uses cloud and then and then people get on and everybody uses multiple clouds because you've got you know people are using netflix people are using iphones yeah i mean all our all our devices are nodes on the cloud and everything is there. So it's it's a weird, wonderful place we live in. So really, it's understand where do you want to go, and then how do you map that journey, and then governance. Because the amount, we've done some surveys there lately, and you know it's over 50% of projects fail, not lacking governance, mapped into the business. Because first of all, why are you doing it? Second of all, are the top table in the company you're working with all aligned to that uh, transformation or that piece of work you're doing? What's the project? Keep the project safe. Keep the company safe. Build that out. Keep it simple, right? This is not rocket science, but by God, the amount of times it goes wrong is unbelievable. And then as you map that out and do that project and really do take the time and the governance, make sure the structures are right, make sure you map that out, right? So and understand that journey. And then after that, we, we do a lot of the, what we then do is manage services. A managed service is a starting point, right, where you look at all the technologies pulling it together. But then you understand what we call a flight plan. What direction are you going in? So you can have multiple projects continuous, and then you can get into all the sexy words, call it agile or call it this, that, and the other. But the reality is it's multiple small projects to make you sure you map on, and you can change directions. And you need to look at it every six months or every 12 months because as, as I started the conversation with you, what's the constant change? And technology is evolving so fast, right? Nobody's an expert, but you don't need the latest and the greatest. You need what you need for your business, depending on what business you're in. Because that's the thing, the, t- the tech world is just great at putting terms on things that have already been happening. Digital transformation was accelerated, obviously, by the, by the, by the pandemic, but it's not a word for remote working. It's not a word for digitization. It's not a word for cloud. This this cloud was cloud was treated like it was a brand new thing. It was really just the extension of way computers were going anyway and connecting better to each other. Um, but in the, in the interesting time we're in, like in the last year, like we saw the the cybersecurity threats increase, and at the same time, everyone's 
got a different take on cloud. It's not like they're putting everything into the cloud. Um, hybrid cloud seems to be the term, the term du jour in terms of people are keeping one foot in each camp. So they're putting some stuff in the cloud, but they're keeping some infrastructure on premises. And then one of the things that came out of, of the whole security situation in the last year was that firms need to be better at backing up their data. Yes, and managing the data and managing the systems and managing the, the, the cyber threats. So the f- first thing there, when, you, when again, when you look at it, it's it's not one size fits all, right? So some clients are saying, right, okay, we do a lot of work with Microsoft and it goes into Azure. We do a lot of work with HPE. We're looking at GreenLake. That's fine. And that's a new area that I've been pulled into kicking and screaming because I've always avoided the hardware and selling of hardware and software. But it has to be now part of that whole managed service solution. So you're saying, right, where it is. And the bottom line then is make it simple to manage, right? And then understand where you're going. Put the technology, the same, the, mon- the monitoring solutions in place so you're monitoring it 24-7. But then you have to do the basics, right? And the basics starts with patching. And they have to have the latest patch releases. And you have to monitor and if there's a release that, that, that fit in. So we do a lot, like manage patching services. The amount of people that are, are keeping up to date, right? You have to be on the latest and greatest, right? Because that's being updated. Because if you're not, you're going to run into trouble. Okay, and a lot of the vulnerabilities has been where people have not moved and kept up to date on the basics. And then there's a whole pile of known vulnerabilities and they get exploited. Now, that's aside from human error, which needs training and a lot of effort. And then, you know, zero trust so that, you know, people can't come in and connect into your ports because they're left open and nobody's thinking about it. Uh, So you don't want devices monitoring your network, et cetera. And all of that again, is down to basic hygiene factors. You know, you don't go around and leave the keys in the front door, right? You don't leave the door wide open and say, oh, look what's happened. My house has been robbed. So there's like, when you think of house security and you think of IT security, there's a similarities. And obviously, you know, there's a lot more high tech involved, but, you know, the basics of it. And when you've got a disparate hybrid scenario, right, you've introduced a lot more complexity. Right? But a lot of the public are well secured. But you then need to say, well, where do you attach? How do you attach? Et cetera, et cetera. And then how does that link into your hybrid world? But for the, for the average CEO of an organization, and, and you kind of touched on it there earlier on, like a lot of companies, uh, you know, quite rightly invest in technology, but at the same time are you know, quite removed from all the things that need to be doing. As you say, hygiene, you know, people start projects, they, they don't, they're not looked after, uh, they fall apart. Uh, when, when it comes to, you know, ensuring that, you know, businesses buy into into that complexity, because it's a lot of jargon. They, they kind of go, oh my God, I don't understand this. It's, this is like, I, I've got an IT guy, he can fix it. IT, IT guy leaves and someone finds out he hadn't been keeping the patches up to date. Like it, it's, 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 it's kind of a, you know, there'll always be that tension. So how do businesses future-proof when someone says, now this is the next big thing you need to invest in. And they go, well, hold on, you just spent last two, in the last 10 years, we spent about five or six million on, on this system that we we're told we need to invest. And now we spend more money on something else. It, it's that continuous uh, tension, I feel. I go back and say, stop. What's your business? What business are you in? Forget about the technology. That's that, that's the biggest issue. Don't go chasing technology because that's irrelevant. What's your business strategy? And then map what you need. If Sometimes I describe IT, a lot of the core infrastructure and technologies and security is like plumbing in a house, 
right? It's the plumbing that you build your business on. So where are you going as a business? You can we can talk about the apps that modernize and take you to the next level, but where is the plumbing? Is that in place, right? And how do we keep that up to date enough for your business? And then when you set projects up, right, the CEO has to know what projects are going on. They're responsible. It's like, would you build a house and not sort of worry about the plumbing or the electricity or the comms that's going into the house? You can't just walk away and say, oh, it's going to happen magically. You're saying, you, you understand it. And that's the governance. And we have so much going on with ESG and everything else. I mean, that G is that governance space. What's the governance structure in your organization? Every program and project, we do a lot of work with people really saying, right, what's the best, how, how have you structured the project? What's the reporting systems? How does it work all the way through? That's where the failures come in. An awful lot of the time, it's not proper governance and structure. Because as you're saying, people are saying, oh, it keeps me up to date and everything. No, no, you own it. You have to be on the governance board, right? Or the CFO or the CIO, whoever, but they have to be empowered. And then the program rolls out from that. And if you've got very robust, structured program and methodology, the project will come in and will hit its needs. And then after that, you're sort of saying, well, how do you then keep up to date? Well, then the question is, well, hold on a second. Have you maximized that? Because, okay, technology is moving on and there's great changes. But is your business in, in that space? In, in, in lots, lots of traditional businesses, you know, such as power or that, things don't change that fast. Or insurance, they don't change that fast, you know? And you have to keep multiple systems up to speed. So we're doing a lot of work for financial and insurance, et cetera. And, and then, whereas, you know, a business consumer, you're going to have a lot of the digital and the, the front end changing. The back end doesn't have to change. So it's, it's really horses for courses and really identifying what you're doing and asking the hard questions. I think every CEO should be saying, hang on, lads, explain that to me in English. I mean, simple English. And why do we need to do it? Right. Okay, that's a good idea. What's the return investment? And then if we're going to do that, what's the structure? How are we going to do that? Right. And then we, we do a lot of work with people on demand management where you suddenly find out that we don't have the resources. Maybe the resources aren't out there. So, so therefore, you know, the whole thing needs to be saying, well, what's, what's the most important thing to do next? And then you prioritize and you have a program or work. And it could be over four years. And that's how you, that's how you avoid IT failures. <laughs> that's how you, yeah, exactly. And don't start chasing gold of stuff that may not even suit your business. But also you mentioned their resources and, you know, it often comes down to people and, and IT people in particular have been like rare as hen's teeth for the last few years. And... If you if you believe anything you're hearing from Silicon Valley, you, you feel there's 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 talk now of um, you know, a tech crash or you know a a slowing down. Anyway, these some some tech giants seem to be curtailing their hiring. Uh, what what are you seeing? What are you seeing in terms of the talent market? Because you guys obviously to do what you do, you rely on good people to work for you and reliable people who are going to stay with you. Five hundred plus people working for me. Uh, I have thirty five nationalities. Right. So the first thing is it's di uh, distributed, to say the least. Uh, we, we have people working for us from within Europe and within the UK, so Spain, etc. You hire from an international base, okay, and you bring people in. Now, at this stage, I, bring, I don't bring people anymore to Dublin because there's no accommodation. It's the big city there. So I, I hire people into the north or I hire people into other part of Cork or sometimes into, uh, or into the UK, depending. Where, where we need them uh, and where the need is. But it's, 
look, you need flexibility, you need the skills. And when you're looking at, will there, is there a tech crash of some kind coming? I think there could be a big crash of some kind coming. I can't quite put my head. I'm looking at it and I've got a board meeting coming up and we've got an economist coming in touch with us because you're looking at it and it's, there's certainly a certain number of the drivers. Ireland is in a good position, but we're a very open economy. When you're looking at skills, we're a very open economy. And you need to, how do you maximize that? And where is the best location for the skills you need? They're out there. You have to work at it. And then you have to train and bring in youth, be it in apprenticeship schemes, which we use in the UK. We do some in Ireland as well. And, you know, you train up the people and then you hire you hire in from wherever you get them. And I mean, but that's no difference to the same issue was back in 99, 2000, in the dot-com era, where people used to be giving away cars for getting five referrals and mad stuff was going on. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all the same. So the same trends keep coming up and around, and then it'll ease off again. But it's where's your core base. I mean, I have a core team here, been working with me 20-odd years. Um, and it's, you know, it's really important that you, you build on the core and then you bring in the skills as you need them. And also... Um, when, when you go in this recessionary space where people is uncertainty coming up, then a lot of people start to move to the contract market. So they'll hire, instead of hiring firm, they'll hire a contract. You'll see a bit of a trend on that. And then whatever happens, if you've got a magic mirror to let me know, that'll be good. I, I, I kind of see it as a storm of storms. Like I, I was going to use the word perfect or phrase perfect storm. And then I go, hold on a minute. Like there's war in Ukraine. There's uh, inflation everywhere. Cost of living everywhere is hard. It's like, it doesn't matter whether it's Dublin or Sydney or New York, young people or London, young people just cannot live in cities anymore. It's the same way they, they could have maybe 20 years ago. Um, We've got situation where we've got full employment. Um, skills are still, particularly in tech, skills are still scarce. Uh, you know, it's it, it's a lot of it's a lot of it's a lot of it's a, it's an unusual storm because usually it it takes quite what we've been used to in this country is an event like say nine eleven or the the banking crash of of two thousand uh, two thousand eight. It has always been an event, but this is kind of a gradual coming together of a lot of a lot of tensions. And all anyone can seem to be agree on is that something is coming and no one's really ready for it. Um, as someone who's probably been through your second or third recession at this point, what, what's your what's your key to surviving a, a recession for a business? Well, always use it to look at the business and look at what's core and look at where your strengths and weaknesses are. And also, I've I've read this, I've shifted the business every time there's been a big recession because you have more time to think and you can't go on the whole growth path all the time. So in the middle of a recession, I'm going to go 25%, even though we're hitting it this year. But then what you're what you're then doing is saying, right, well, rethink the business, where you're going, who are the core people, what are the core skills, and then look at what's going to evolve out of the recession because every time it changes. Okay. So they with the core areas. If and there's going to be companies out there that suddenly they get a kid. One of the things I found the first time around, if, if you're going to have to cut or you have to cut back massively, uh, cut from the top down. So take the pain, right, at my level. I've always taken the pain all the way down through the organization. Uh, and cut once, but cut hard if you're going to have to survive, right? That's really important. After that, you're looking at your strategy, what's really important, what's key, what's working well for you. What's not? What customers are really, you know, 
adding to your bottom line and whatever. It's really important to build customer, 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 because the customers you have in that, you need to make sure you're looking after them. And you have to, we've been doing a lot of work at the moment is, 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 is evaluating in their consulting side of the house, how are we going to help customers save cost? Because in the recession, that's what's going to happen. So we've got a couple of programs running in that to say, right, well, look, we can come in and, and take help you save money here or take cost out or take money. Or, or you know, you can spend to save because you can, again, use technology in that space. So that's a lot of the areas that, that we work with people, right, on. And um, but key being you keep on track on top of all your numbers and where you're going every month and seeing what's happening. And then ask, ask the team around you to say, look, this is what we're seeing. What do you see? Yeah, I, I, it seems to me that like to, in order to have that headspace, because I imagine a situation will, you know, the, the proverbial hits the fan and the hardest thing for anyone who's, you know, you may have hundreds of employees or thousands of employees or, or maybe tens of employees or maybe just 10 employees. But the thing is, your first instinct is to try and keep everyone safe. You're trying to keep sales coming in. You're trying to keep revenues up and you have a thousand different plates spinning and the clarity you need to be able to make really decisive decisions um you know it's it's hard to, it's hard to think because you're you're in you're in you're basically in the in the fog of war right and it's uh, the only people who i think who can manage is that they're the people who have always been on top of their numbers month in month out year on year that they've always knowing like almost like they're looking at a speedometer of a car so that's the speedometer that tells you but then also the ceo when, when, sometimes people tend to dive in and that's not the answer so you would need to pull back and it's working in or on the business. So in my case, it's very much saying I'm going to work on the business and not in the business. If I get sucked into the, you won't see the wood from the trees. Okay. And I do some mentoring with different people and other CEOs. And one of the things I say was, look, stop, pull back, leave the business. It is where it is. Go away and look at it. Take a few days away. You have to give yourself the headspace to get clarity of thought as to what you're doing, right? All of the speedometers, there's multiple in your every organization. You have your KPIs, you know what, where, what they're doing, you know, you know what the sales are like, you can see what your pipeline is like, you can see where people are suddenly saying, I'm, I'm going to delay. You might have 10 projects and suddenly they all get delayed. Classic sign, oh, well, we're going to put that off. We're not sure about that. Or they're talking to you and they've asked you to reiterate something for the, about the 10th time. In reality, they don't have the budget. So you find out who has budget, who doesn't have budget, and really, you know, focus in on, on what's important and making sure the team are really focused. But then the CEO or could be the senior team in the organization needs to be looking and working on the business and not in it so that they get a clear and then execute. Right? So you have your plan, you have the organization, execute, and then monitor that that it's working um, and it it sounds simple but as you've pointed out the amount of people that go in and they can't see the wood from the trees is phenomenal I, I, I totally believe it well, with that with that sage advice on how to survive another recession and hopefully hopefully it won't be as bad as as people seem to think it won't be in Ireland no it won't be but I think there are there's going to be mega change coming at us next year uh, and it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting and there's going to be lots of opportunities out of it. Well, thank you very much for your time, Philip. That was great. All right. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. <laughs>